Acts chapter number two. Church, just uh, before we get running tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit. Obviously, the um, message tonight goes along with what I wanted to talk to you about. The, the church plant in Topeka, we've been over there now and seen uh, a couple of different buildings. There's two that are kind of uh, um, hopeful, uh, and believe it or not, they're right next to each other. And uh, in fact, uh, it's across the interstate from the governor's mansion. And so I can't think of a better place to be, all right? Uh, so anyway, um, looking at the uh, town of Topeka, or a city of Topeka, 235,000 in the uh, area of Topeka, there's three independent Baptist churches, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm probably missing some, I'm just going off the top of my head. Somebody sent me a map of those churches and where these buildings that we're looking at, there's no independent Baptist churches near them. Um, and, and it's near Wanamaker, if you're familiar, you girl ladies at shop, the mall's over there. Uh, so it's one street off of Wanamaker, all right? So you, then you go to church, then you go shopping, all right? And then, uh, you, then you go to church at night and you go shopping. So anyway, it'll be close uh, to those things. And so I, um, right now, those are the only two options I appreciate. But the Cornwall has been the one really keeping the ball moving as far as finding uh, buildings for me. Uh, he offered uh, his house that we'd all just go to church there, but I told him we probably should have, I, he didn't offer, but I thought it'd be a good offer, but anyway. But anyway, uh, so anyway, that's kind of where we're at. And um, if the Lord continues to move this uh, like it is, the next step is I'll have, uh, um, uh, I'll talk to the deacons probably, but we'll either have the men of the church go or we'll just have the whole church if you want to go look at them. There's work to be done on them. They're not new buildings, but the commercial. The one thing that COVID has done is nobody's buying commercial buildings. Nobody can start any businesses. Nobody can, are even having business. And so there, these are, one's a dentist office, old dentist office, and the other one was an insurance office. And it's right next door to a massage parlor. So after you get done with church, uh, anyway, don't do that. But anyway, um, so uh, anyway, that's kind of where it's at. And I just, that's where we're at. And I hope the Lord, the Lord might have someone completely different, but that's kind of where we're at. I've been over there uh, several times. And, and uh, these, as far as these buildings, kind of where we're at. So what I'll do is by Sunday, Lord permitting, I'll have um, a little more information and we'll try to get you guys to at least look at them and we'll go from there. Church family, it's a, it's a process for our church. I, um, I wish I had everything completely planned out and I don't. Um, I just feel like the Lord's gonna lead us as far as the church plant itself, um, as far as uh, getting the thing going. But I do understand that there's several things that's gonna go into the church plant. Um, you know, I, again, I'm careful so much because obviously the Lord can change anything. But Trisha, I, mean, I believe that um, probably two or three families, uh, probably two, maybe three families from our church will probably um, end up at that church. This is just me talking, and I, I don't have anybody that, I mean, I'm going to pick and choose which two or three. Um, Jeannie has been giving me a hard time for a long time. So, John, I, I just feel it, that your wife should go over there, all right? Um, but... Uh, um, but I think two or three families are probably going to go from us and, and help uh, start a church. And then what I would like to do, if the Lord allows us, I would like to have uh, one or two families sign up for each service. So it might be like once every two months, probably maybe might even once every three months, where you would just go sit in the service. Um, so that when visitors come, there's four or five families there, there's people there. And um, it would help as far as getting visitors started going and things of that sort. So anyway, I just, I got a lot on my mind as far as I, I really think that um, getting started on the church is, is it's, a, it's a blessing to me just to begin to see the process. But at the same token, I hope that you'll be praying. Um, I don't have a, a pastor for that just yet. And I don't have, um, uh, you know, the building we're still working on. And then, of course, the time. And church, I'm not, um, 
you know, I thought the Lord might have us started in the back of my mind. I really thought it was going to be um, late spring, but I'm not, a, I'm not under pressure. It's not like, you know, we have to have, you know, three churches done in the next two years, but uh, started. But I do believe that the Lord has a, has a perfect time. And so we'll just keep taking the process. And church, I mean, we want to blanket the entire town with, we get the print, printing ministry. We can do some really first class stuff as far as putting stuff with materials over there. And I'm sure that we're going to have to have some Bible studies, probably weeks of that, to try to get some new folks that are interested in the church, looking for a church. There's just a whole process. But uh, I hope that you're praying and excited about the process. And so it'll come about uh, as we will. Last Wednesday night, I preached a message on Jesus' instruction to the first church. And tonight, I want to talk to you a little bit about the characteristics of the first church. And um, I, I, I think part of these messages is really in preparation for us as a church family um, as far as being able to start this church. And church, I mean, if he only lets us start the church in Topeka, I'm fine with that. We want to do what the Lord's will. But I think the possibility is really the Lord allowing us to start several churches. And I really hope that he lets us start them in, in this area so that we can all be a part of that. All right. And, um, and so, again, uh, I want to say one more thing while it's on my mind. I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody to go over to that church. If, you, if the Lord has you here, you need to stay here. And so I'm not, um, it's not like I'm going to come up to you and say, hey, listen, you need to leave. I'm not going to do that. All right. Uh, so uh, I just hope you understand I don't, care if you're, I don't care if you're driving from Topeka to get here. If this is your church, stay here, all right? And I have no preconceived ideas. I understand that the Lord has somebody that he wants over there to get that started, and that's his business, not mine, and he'll tell you if he wants you to leave. So I do not want all of you leaving, all right? <laughs> We're going to be in big trouble if all of you leave, all right? So just stay here, all right? And the Lord will have something to get that started over there. All right, uh, church family, Acts chapter 2, let's read a few verses now. These are kind of familiar to you. Acts chapter 2, this is the day of Pentecost. We understand that 3,000 people were saved and added to the church. Um, look at verse 41, Acts 2, verse number 41, the end of the chapter. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and uh, in fellowship, I, I, I want to stop and say, it's interesting, the word continues steadfastly, and it mentions four things, doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. He said, and they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together, and had all things common. And sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Would you read that last phrase with me, if you don't mind, one more time, verse 47 together. Ready? And the Lord added to the church daily such as should I honestly do not believe that you're a part of the Heritage Baptist Church because you chose to come here. I believe the Lord adds to the church. And I believe we're supposed to do our part as far as being a witness, but I really believe that the Lord brings people to a church because God knows what their spiritual gifts are, and he brings them to a congregation to be a part of that particular body. And so, again, I, I want everybody to stay, and I want everybody to be here, but God does have a church, and if this is the church God made you a part of, uh, and he placed you, then you should be, stay here. Amen. You're supposed to say amen right there. All right, good. All right, thanks. All right, let's pray together.
Father in heaven, thank you again for letting us be in church tonight. Again, fill us with your spirit tonight. And as we speak your word, Lord, teach us tonight and help us have an understanding, Father, of the ingredients, the characteristics, what a church should be and ought to be according to the pattern of the church of Jerusalem. And Lord, help our church to be that. And may every church that started, Lord, that you allow us to start, may they be this pattern also. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Church family, the church is very important. And I think that um, we sometimes do not see how important the church is. We look at the church sometimes as a piece or a portion of our life when really the church ought to be the center of our life. And I taught in Sunday school, I think last week or so, about how the, church, uh, how the children of Israel were encamped around the tabernacle. And it's because that's where God was. And I want to tell you something, your life should not have a piece of God. Your life should be centered around God. And God uses the church as part of that uh, as far as us being centered around him. Now, church family, let's see here. I want you to, I'm not going to have you turn to it. I just want to read it to you. First Timothy chapter 3, verse number 15 says this, But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know. Paul was a good Baptist preacher. If I tarry long, that's pretty good. All right. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God. All right. So what is, what is the house of God? It's the church of what? Of the living God. And then he goes on to say, the pillar and ground of the truth. All right. Now, church family, uh, in this building right here, <clears throat> underneath the walls, every major wall, there's going to be what we call a footer or a footing, and uh, we would consider that on that verse or the ground. And then there's a thing that we would call in our vernacular today, it's the thing called a pier, a concrete pier. That's the pillar, all right? So I know that you don't do concrete, but when we poured this particular building, <clears throat> there's a foot footing that goes along that main wall right there, the outside wall also, but there's a footing that goes along that main wall. And then where you see that beam that's kind of drywalled around, uh, Barnum was a five foot by five foot was the pier. There's a five foot by five foot that goes how many feet down? At least three. Half a concrete per, 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 so five yards of concrete per hole. So anyway, there's a huge concrete square underneath every one of those so that this particular steel building will hold up. If there was just a five inch slab, it would all crack and this building would not stand. But there is a pillar and ground, there's a footing and a pier that holds this up. Now watch for a second. Here's what I'm trying to get you to see. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, he says, the, the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. Now, I'm not going to preach this other message tonight, but I want you to remember what is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father. So Jesus Christ is truth. We also understand that according to John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. So we understand that Jesus is truth. We understand the word of God is truth. And then 1 John tells us that the spirit of truth, talking about this, the Holy Spirit of God. If we're with me so far, say amen. amen. So the church is supposed to be the pillar and ground. It's supposed to hold up the Son of God, the Word of God, and the Spirit of God. All right, that's what a church is supposed to do, okay? Now, church, I mean, there's three things. I'll try to get the whole picture here. There's three things that God ordained as far as institutions, all right? We understand that in the garden, uh, God put Adam and Eve together and he ordained the home. We also understand that at the flood, he said, if you shed man's blood, by man's blood should you be shed. He, under, he ordained government. And then we understand that in Matthew 16, 18, he said, I will build my church, that Christ himself, he ordained the church. So those three institutions, there's no other institutions that I know of that Christ ordained, all right? If you're with me some more, say amen. All right, stay with me now tonight. Here's so what I'm trying to get you to see tonight is the importance of the church, the pillar and ground of the truth is so that we can have the institution of the home under truth, so that we can have the institution of government under truth, all righty? 
I understand that the home affects the church because that's what represented tonight in the church are several homes, okay? But the church, this called out assembly, this body of Christ full of spiritual gifts to be able to edify one another, this church is important to be able to hold up the home, to edify the home, to encourage the home, all right? And it also not only affects the home, but it affects government, okay? We're going through a lot of turmoil going on. If you're keeping track of the news, you probably came in discouraged tonight, wanted to kick something, but I just want you to understand tonight, uh, God is still in control. Everything is, everything is gonna be fine. You know, can you imagine the disciples as soon as Jesus Christ was killed and put into a tomb, the letdown, like being hit in the gut, losing your breath, like, I just can't believe this just happened. I just want you to understand, Jesus still rose from the dead three days later. And I want you to understand, when we go through turmoil, whether it's national turmoil, whether it's family turmoil, and sometimes you feel like you get hit in the gut, and you just can't understand why everything is happening. I just want you to understand, God still, this too shall pass. And, uh, and so, again, tonight, can I just tell you that the importance of the Heritage Baptist Church and the importance of the new church that God lets plant, be planted in Topeka is important because it's, it holds up, it, it builds up the home as well as builds up government. Hey, listen. Our, our political leaders, I know a vast majority of them are lost, but they need to hear from some Christian instead of from some lost person who has no idea what is biblically right. I was at Wendy's this afternoon, and I was studying this afternoon, and one of the ladies there knows me well, and she's about ready to retire. She's been there a long time, and, and uh, it, the news was on. And again, I try to stay away from the news as much as I can right now, but the news was on, and she looked at me, and she says, what do you think of that? That is the wrong question to ask me right now. It's just the wrong question. And so um, when she asked me that question, there was just something that just came over me to give her an answer. And I, and I did, I just told her. I said, I just wanna tell you something. You know, they're gonna do this impeachment proceeding and they can't even vote on it in the Senate till the 19th and his term is done on the 20th. I said, this, all this is the Democrats do not want him to run again. I said, 74 million people voted for him and they don't want him to go back in office. And I said, on top of that, the Democrats do not, I was so perturbed. I said, the Democrats do not stand for anything that's biblical. I said, the Democrats are for sodomy, the Democrats are for abortion, Democrats for everything that's anti-scriptural. Well, it got really quiet in Wendy's. There was like four or five other families in there and they were all sitting and it got dead quiet. And then about the time I was getting worked up, it dawned on me, it was not just her and I. The manager's coming around the corner. <laughs> now, we can get all worked up about it, but there's one thing for sure. Jesus Christ is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. We all understand that during the millennium, he, we will live and reign with him, not President Trump and not Joe Biden. So I'm just trying to tell you tonight that the church is important in this day that we're living in. I want to tell you why it's important. Because if the foundation be destroyed, what shall the righteous do? If we don't have the pillar and ground right, I want to tell you something, that's when we're going to get in big trouble. If we don't have churches that believe the truth and stand for the truth, then what happens, that affects the institution of the home, but it also affects the institution of government. So this thing about starting a church, this is not just something to, to, just something to do or, you know, because we're a church, we want to start a church. It's imperative that in these last days that there are churches that hold up the truth, and I'm talking about churches, plural. There needs to be churches, and there need to be churches of all sizes, churches bigger than ours, smaller than ours, but there need to be churches that are building families and affecting government because they're standing for truth. That's what we need to...
Now, tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about the Church of Jerusalem. And I know many of you, you know this passage, you know things, but I think it's healthy for us to remember them for our church, for future churches. These are the characteristics of the first. And the church, I'm real careful about using that terminology, first church. And I want to tell you why. I believe with all my heart, Jesus Christ started the first church. And I know there's people that believe that the church started after Pentecost. I just have a hard time wrapping my mind around how you read the verse. There were 3,000 added to the church. Well, if you're going to add to something, it has to be something already there. Okay, And the other thing I have a hard time with is Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, when Jesus said, I will build, present tense, I will build my church. Well, if in Matthew it was a present tense, tense of I will, then it wasn't future tense of action number two, then I'm just telling you Jesus was the head of the church and started the first church, and that was with the disciples. Okay, so I and if you haven't figured out, I believe that. All right? Now, with that, and by the way, if you think the church started after Pentecost, it's, you're okay to be wrong. It's not a problem. Okay? <laughs> Okay. I'm, I am just joking to a degree. By the way, when we get to heaven, it's not going to matter what we think Pentecost or whether or not we think that Jesus Christ started it. But one thing for sure, that these, there's 3,000 people added to the church, all right? And we understand that as far as um, this, this church of Jerusalem. So when I use the term, the characteristics of the first church, I'm kind of careful. But you have to remember that those disciples were part of the church of Jerusalem. So they were part of the first church. All right, so... Remember, was it Luke 24, I think, verse 47? I don't know if I got the reference in front of me here. I do have it. Luke 24, verse 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. This, I'm sorry. This is what Jesus told his disciples before he ascended up into heaven after his resurrection. He said, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at, talk to me, Jerusalem. So what I'm trying to say is this first church was the disciples that Jesus, this first church of his 12 disciples, they, this church of Jerusalem begins to grow because that's where Jesus told them geographically to start the first church. He said, I want you to start it in Jerusalem. He said, tarry here at Jerusalem till you be endued with power. In other words, the Holy Ghost was going to come upon them. So Jerusalem was the first church. So when I say the characteristics of the first church, we're talking about the locality of the church of Jerusalem. All right? Now, church family, there's seven of them. won't take us long. I want to remind us how important it is for us to have these in our own church. All right? First one, are you ready? Luke, I'm sorry, Acts chapter number two. We'll start in verse number 42. Acts 2:42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles, what's the word? Doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Now, church family, I know we could take all four of these tonight and we could spend the entire message on how, what churches should continue in. All right, I could talk about those four things because he says churches should continue in these four things, okay? But I want to just take the first one tonight and get you to understand that the, one of the very first characteristics is that they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the apostles' teaching. Now, church family, do we have the complete word of God, yes or no? We get the complete word of God. There's nothing that's going to be added to it. All the revelation is right here. We know that we have the complete word of God. But you have to understand that when the, ch the church at Jerusalem was together, the only thing they really had was the Old Testament and the very words of Jesus Christ that they were repeating because Jesus was the word. All right. So here you have the apostles who walked with Jesus, who was the living word. And they also had the Old Testament. They had the book of Psalms. They had the, the law, the books of Moses, and they were in the apostles' doctrine, in the apostles' teaching. Now, church family, I can't stress to you enough. We have to remind ourselves that our faith and practice is based upon the what? The, the word of God, the Bible. 
We have to understand that why do we come together? We did not come together tonight to hear some funny story or to, to feel some fuzzy uh, illustration. And I'm all for illustration and I don't have a problem with humor. But I understand that the church is not built on either one of those. The church is built upon doctrine and doctrine is the word of God. If there's one thing that we could just, we could get our kids that would, they would be settled in is that we do what we do because of what the Bible says. Amen. It's not because of what the preacher says. It's not because of what your, the parent says. Parents and preachers should back up the word of God. But we have to understand that the very first characteristics of the first church is that it was the word of God. It was about what the Bible said. You know, I am, I, it is unbelievable. I'm going to tell you, you talk about the devil. I'm King James only. I never had to decide if I was King James Bible as far as preaching the King James Bible. I never had to decide that until I came to this church. When I grew up, my father never one time held up his Bible and said, we believe in the King James Bible. Not one time. He pastored the same church for 33 years. Not one time. You know why? Because there was only one Bible. But what has happened is, is all these other versions of the Bible have come out, and many of them have portions of the Word of God, all right? And some of them have large portions of the Word of God. And what's happened is, is, is that the devil is really sly in what he's doing. And if you've never done a study on it, it's pretty simple. I mean, there's so much information out there today on things that are taken out of it. I don't know how many times I'm listening to a message off of sermon audio because I'm trying to look at one particular verse, and they're, they're, they can't even teach the verse right because they don't even have all the words in it. So, uh, listen, you ought to have a conviction that you believe the Bible, all right? And read the Bible. Hey, listen, the King James Bible is written on a fifth grade level, okay? This thing is, I can't understand all the these and thous. It's fifth grade, all right? And if you're an adult, you can't understand fifth grade, go back to school, all right? So I don't know what to tell you. But I do understand this, that... I, never, I, don't, I, don't, I don't preach every message on listen to the King James Bible. And by the way, if a person comes to our church and they don't have a King James Bible, that is not an issue, by the way. I want to tell you what the issue is. If you died today, do you know for sure you're on your way to heaven? That's the issue. We're not going to have issues of, you know, you know, this person over here. You know, if you're looking at a person's Bible when they're coming in, there's something wrong with you spiritually. Okay? So what I'm trying to say tonight is that the Word of God should be the major part of our church, all right? We ought to memorize it. We ought to read it. We ought to study it. We ought to live it, all right? So again, that's a characteristic, the very first characteristic of this first church, all right? And when the church is started in, in Topeka, we want that to be the same there. Next one, verse 42. Again, I, don't want to admit, I, I can't go through all of them tonight, but the last word in verse 42 is prayers. They said that they continued steadfastly in prayer, you know, church family, we could preach whole messages and probably should preach whole messages on prayer to really understand how important it is for you to get along with God every day of your life. But can I tell you one thing about our church? It's important for us to pray together. Hey, I believe in individual prayer. When I get up this morning, the very first thing I do when I get up every morning, I get dressed, I go out into the living room and kitchen area, I walk that area before I ever leave the house. Uh, my, my whole family's still asleep, but I get up in the morning and the first thing I'm gonna do, I'm gonna spend time in prayer. I'm gonna spend time with the model prayer, I'm gonna spend time with the Jabez prayer. Those first, I'm gonna pray for me first. Before I ever, and then I'm going to usually leave the house after that. But I just want you to understand that individual prayer is important, but I want to tell you some corporate prayer is important. It's important for you to pray together with your family. You know, on, on Wednesday nights, we don't take a long time to pray, all right? And I don't feel like I'm on a schedule. I have no clocks in this auditorium, okay? And you can thank God that I'm not long-winded, okay? You can say amen right there. I know it, all right? Believe me, I grew up in church, okay? You, and, and I'm not joking when I say... 
you know, those long preachers gave new meaning to the word eternity. I'm telling you, you just sat there and it seemed like forever, all right? So I don't want to be one of those guys, okay? I want, the, I want the Lord to teach us from his word and then we're going to go. But can I, and I know that on Wednesday nights, we don't spend a long time praying, but church, I mean, we need to pray with one another. Amen. And we need to pray for one another, all right? Because you know why? That was, the, that was a characteristic of the, new, the first church, the church of Jerusalem. And that'll be a characteristic of our church. Hey, church, I mean, the, the, new, the uh, church that's going to start in Topeka will not start except for God, and it won't be for God unless we pray. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. And again, pray for one another, and again, pray for the specific needs of this church as well as your own family. All right, so that third one, next one. Look at verse number 44. It says, and all that believed were what? And had all things what? Had all things common. Now, church family, human nature does not like change and so I have to be really careful with you, okay? The reason I have to be really careful with you because whenever I change things around here, there's usually a couple of you get mad at me. And, and you don't get mad in a, in a sinful sense. Can't, did that go together? It's not so. But sometimes you just, uh, let's say you, sometimes you get irritated, okay? So I have to make sure that I'm really careful that we all are, are together. You know, when our church is not together, God's not happy with that, all right? Can I tell you the cause of division is either the flesh or Satan. It's always one of those two. A house divided cannot stand, all right? Hey, Church, I, mean, I said it a couple weeks ago, but we're on the verge, Lord permitting, in, months, in the coming months, to be able to start a church in Topeka. But can I tell you something? If we're divided, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know, I'm going to, Lord permitting, if the Lord allows, I'm going to show you two buildings that are side by side. Some of you are going to like one, some of you are going to like the other, okay? But I want to tell you something. We can't buy both of them. So we're going to have to be together, amen? Um, some of you uh, in here, um, you know, there's some things that, in or, that, that are going to change a little bit, okay? And that change, change is not necessarily a bad thing, but I don't want to change unless we can be together. All right, you know why? Because the church, one of the main characteristics of a church is a church should be united. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in Psalm 133.1. So God wants us to be united. You've heard me say before that when we vote on missionaries, we might have missionaries. Let's just use Enoch for a second, okay? Uh, some of you probably really, really love Enoch, and there might be others you just think to yourself, man, the guy can't even talk right, okay? But, but can I tell you something? We as a church, we vote on missionaries. We ought to be together. Amen. Hey, if they're going out there and giving the gospel, and, you know, they're trying their best to reproduce Heritage Baptist Church. I'm sorry, I should say this. They're going out to reproduce a New Testament church. They don't have to be exactly like what we are, but they ought to go out and re reproduce a New Testament church. Listen, we need to be together on those things. Amen. You know, when I painted this auditorium green, you should have heard some people, all right? <laughs> you know, when, when, the only reason I painted it green is because if you were with me for any length of time, everything was blue. Amen. Everything. And we don't have committees around here to find out what color things are going to be, okay? Amen. You know why? You know why. <laughs> you know why. So when, in the first years, my favorite color is blue. I had everything blue. I mean, everything was blue. I don't care. Mrs. Selim, she thinks she's really psych, psych, a psychic you know, type person. You know, she uses psychology on me whenever she does some type of graphic. If she wants to just be done with it, she makes it blue. <laughs> I'm no dummy. I know what she does. She puts something in front of me. As long, she thinks as long as it's blue, it's going to pass. Okay, well, most of the time, that's probably true. <laughs> But, but church family, can I tell you something? We should never be divided over what color the walls are, what color the carpet is. You know, the things that a person ought to not be divided but should speak up on is if we're doing something that's anti-scriptural. Why? Because the church is supposed to be based upon the Word of God. 
So again, these characteristics should be in our church. A characteristic number one of that they were in the word. They prayed. They were united. All right. And we as God's people uh, should be united. All right, quickly, let's go to the next one. Verse number 45. All right. Here's what he says next. And they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Let me read that one more time. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. What word comes to your mind when you read that verse? Okay, money. <laughs> I was actually thinking giving, but money's a good one, all right? You've got to give money, all right? Church, uh, I I will say in the recent days, uh, as, a, as, a, as a body of Christ, you've been very gracious, and I think that's a good thing. Did you know that, I don't, that I, don't, I don't know if I told you or not, maybe it was in the bulletin. Did you realize that the Christmas for Christ offering was the largest Christmas for Christ offering we've ever had in the history of the church? Amen. Usually the Christmas, for, I don't know why, but usually our Christmas for Christ offering is about $1,600. It's always been that way. I mean, I, get, I hear of other churches, you know, they got these huge Christmas for Christ offerings. And, you know, you guys give to everything else, but Christmas for Christ, I just, you, do you know this year's was over $8,000? Eight, over $8,000. All right, now, obviously, that's going to go to the church plant and, and be able to start that church. But, you know, that's what churches are supposed to do. They're supposed to be giving. They're supposed to be willing to give. And by the way, you young people, it's not about the amount that you give. You just should give. You should give it. Wherever you can give, you ought to give. The, the, one of the characteristics of this church was a giving church. I'm looking at two of the churches that are in Topeka right now. It's those two buildings. The first building, they're selling for 225000 The other building, they're selling for 99000 Now, I know some of you already thought, oh, 99000 That's what we're going with. All right. Okay, now before you think that way, I will tell you the $225,000 one is a lot bigger. And then the uh, $99,000 is a dentist office and it's only 30 wide and 70 long. It's not very big. Brick building, parking lot. But it's not, it's not very big. And I don't, I can't, honestly, I don't know which one. I don't. But I do know this. They're not going to sell those buildings. So I know I can, we can go like low, low. So you know, I'm going to offer them $5. But anyway. Um, but... Can I tell you something? It's going to take money for us to get the ball rolling on some of this stuff. And, uh, and you all have been giving. And, I, and by the way, tonight's message is not a manipulation because I don't have any amounts to tell you. All I'm trying to say is that a characteristic of the New Testament church was a giving church. And that's what you ought to be. All right? And, and I want to stop and say this here just in case. Just in case there's somebody in here. You still haven't gotten to this place of tithing. I want to tell you something. If you're tith not tithing, you're stealing. You're stealing from God. And you're missing out. You're missing out. My, uh, my son, Seth, I'm sure he doesn't listen to these services, so I can say whatever I want now. Um, but Seth is at college, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I don't check his, um, I don't stand there while he writes his check for his giving. But he works a job up in, in, in there, and he's still a member here. And if you go to a way to college, and they tell you to join for me, you know, I, at our college, if you want to join, you can. If your pastor wants you to stay back home, you can. I don't, I've never had a conviction about that. So when he went to college, they're not making him join up there. So if they're not making him join up here, then his tithe still needs to go somewhere. Guess where it's going? <laughs> right here. So my biggest thing is, is that you're cursed with a curse if you steal from God. So when he was home for Christmas, I didn't say Merry Christmas. I said, are you tithing? I'm thankful he's patient with me because, you know, but, you know, I don't know how many times my kids can, can vouch for this. I have sat down and said, listen, I know I sound like a broken record, but I'm telling you, this is very serious if you don't tithe. I believe, by the way, I believe that. 
you know, there's certain things you just, you believe it, all right? So if I've got kids and they're making money and they're in my side, in my house, and they're in Aiken, I'm affected by that, all right? So I want to make sure they're tithing. So Seth, you know, he got smart. He, uh, Seth, he's got the uh, cash app. Well, you know, how, y'all know what the cash app is? You guys don't even know what it is? Let's see here. You know what Apple Pay is? You know what Apple Pay is. Do you know what money is? Okay, it's a digital way to send people money. So he sends me his tithe. And you know what? I'm fine with that, all right? Because I'm going to put it in. I'm not going to touch that. I wouldn't touch God's money for anything in the world. But, and he knows that. I'm just thankful that he's thinking, Amen. hey, listen, I better tithe. All right? Now, I'm just trying to tell you tonight that tithing is elementary giving. What we do above our tithe, that's our giving. Tithing is just being honest. Giving is what you do above your tithe. Now, tonight, that's a characteristic of Jerusalem. That's a characteristic of this church. That ought to be a characteristic of the next church also, by the way. All right, next thing. Look at I'm almost there. That's number four. First one is they were in the Word. Second of all, they prayed. Third of all, they were united. Fourth of all, they were giving. Look at verse 46. It says, and they continuing daily, this first church at Jerusalem, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking their bread from house to house to eat their meat with gladness. Now, look at the first part. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Church family, how many of you like church? Say amen. amen. How many like coming to church on Sunday? Say amen. amen. All right. How many like to come to church on Wednesday? Say amen. amen. How many would like to come to church 365 days out of the year because they daily were in the temple? Daily. How many like to come to church every day? Say amen. amen. Oh, how unspiritual you are. Unbelievable. Hey, you know what this first church did? They were daily in the temple. Daily. Now, last time I checked, daily means daily. It means every day. Now, church family, we come to church Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And by the way, my Wednesday, the Wednesday night crowd, you're it. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And by the way, we're living in a day that the mentality is less church is best church. And that is wrong. Hey, you old timers, how many of you remember the two-week revival meetings? Any, any of you? Very few. How many remember, you know, a week revival meeting? Raise your hand. All right. How many remember the prophecy conferences for a week long? Very few. All right. You know, the stewardship conferences, the missions conferences. You know, it used to be, you look back at those days and pastors think to themselves, how can I get the people back to church? I mean, it's like every month there was a week meeting. I mean, it was just that. And, you know, people came. I was talking to one of my kids just this last week. You know, no, it was the college students. I grew up with Sunday, uh, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, 6 o'clock hour, and then Sunday night, 7 o'clock hour. And I've told you the story before. When I came here, you didn't, this church did not have one. But from the time I can remember, from the time I was a young person to the time I left Sauk Village, we had a 6 o'clock church. I thought every church had a 6 o'clock uh, evening church training hour, and then they had a 7 o'clock service. I just thought at, at, we had two services every Sunday night. Besides Sunday school, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, besides all the conferences, et cetera. And um, so when I came here and you all didn't have a six o'clock service, it was very, very odd to me. I mean, just unusual because that's not how I was raised. And uh, my dad, he thought I was a compromiser, you know. No six o'clock church training hour. We had air conditioning. Here, we had air conditioning. I didn't have it back there. All right. Unbelievable. How dumb. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So all I'm trying to say is this, is that attend regularly. Churches come together to hear the word of God. And they came regularly to hear the word of God. And Listen, um, I don't know for sure. I, I don't want to, again, try to get ahead of you as a church family because obviously 
Um, it's, it's us together starting this church. But you know, when the church starts, I was talking to Brother Gray about this too, Brother Gray, that we started the church in Great Bend, Kansas 15, 17 years ago, I can't remember now. Anyway, when Brother Gray started, he started with all the services, a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, uh, Thursday night, if I remember correctly. And I, so I asked him, I said, would you do it differently? Because you know what most, most everybody is telling us to do, and I say church planning type people, what everyone's trying to tell us is when you start the church, you know, you need to have one service. Uh, it, first they tell you to do several Bible studies and then you're gonna have one service on Sunday. Well, to be honest with you, you know, I'd like to have all the services if we can. You know, and I got my thinking, at least a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, um, if we don't do a Wednesday night, I think that though it's important to start the church like the church is going to be. Amen. And I know that new converts and new, new, new people are not going to come to all the services to begin with, but there'll be some. And the church needs to have that mentality, we come to church, Amen. all right? And so again, that, that was this first church, they were regularly in church, all right? And I'm thankful that we have a church here that believes in that, all right? Next one, verse 46. Verse 46, if you'll look at it again, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread and from house to house, they'd eat their meat with, what's the word? Gladness. They were a happy church. They were a happy church. You know, I would say, I, I, I would think that I have at least a little bit of a sense of humor. Would you agree with that maybe? All right. Um, I don't have a problem with teasing with people. I don't have a problem with, you know, laughing. You know, I think church ought to be fun to a degree. I think church ought to be enjoyable. You know, I don't think we ought to have to come in church and act like we're at a funeral home. All right. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying amen. I like it when Brother Baker gets happy over and he claps his hand. It wakes up half of you anyway. Amen. Clap his hands all he wants, man. Amen. You know, there's something about church. Church ought to be alive. Church, we, we ought not to come to church and be deadheads. All right. You know, you've, you understand, but I, I have a hard time preaching if I know somebody's sleeping. All right. And so if it's a young person, man, I don't, the first time I don't mind, you know, like for instance, uh, this last service was Sunday, there were two people on this side over here sleeping, okay, during the Sunday, I think it was Sunday morning if I remember correctly, but they were sleeping over here. It wasn't your kids, Brother Schofield, all right, your kids are okay, all right. It was your wife. <laughs> well, I'm standing right about here, and it was right about over here, and and uh, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I've learned, learned a long time ago that you can't learn anything if you're sleeping. That's right. And you can't get anything if you're sleeping. So I got, to be, I got to write about here, and man, I could just see them in my vision. They are just sleeping. And I don't remember what I said, but I went, well, you should have seen them jump. There is a joy that goes on inside of me when that happens. You know, when their heart jumps, you know, scares them half to death. But, but church, I think church ought to be fun. You know, you know, I know the kids don't like it when I say, okay, if you didn't make your bed this morning, stand up, okay? But I'm just telling you, everybody else enjoys it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Hey, I think church ought to be enjoyable. I think we ought to be able to have a good time in church. And I'm just trying to tell you that the characteristic of this first church is there was gladness. There was gladness. They were happy. You know, church, I, mean, I know sometimes... Uh, and by the way, every church service cannot be, you know, over the top or in, in the sense of, you know, we all leave here giggling and laughing. We can't have that. And that's not going to be that way. But there's a variety of churches that are, are going to be like that. We're going to do things that are going to be fun. But can I tell you, there's a lot of young people that they grow up in church and they can't wait till they're 18 to get out of church because they were raised in a funeral home. All righty. Well, I'll be glad. 
You ought to be able to smile. You ought to be able to shake hands with others. All righty? Now, don't do what Brother Jake did. He sneezed on me twice up here tonight while he's leading songs. I got COVID for sure now. All right? So, but shake hands and be friendly and laugh and have a good time when you're at church, all right? Because they had gladness, all right? Next thing, look at the two more. Verse 47. What's the first two words? Praising God. Praising God. Hey, I want to tell you something. Church ought to be a place that you can praise God. Church, I don't know if you can sense it because you're in the crowd, but when I'm up here away from you, I can, and I can hear you sing, I can usually tell if you're, not, and again, I'm not God, but I, sometimes I can tell if you're tired. Uh, sometimes I can tell if you're drained. Sometimes the reason we sing an extra song and even an extra two songs is just to let you sing. Because I, I want to tell you something. It is healthy for you spiritually to sing. In our family, they give Stephen a hard time for singing. And he tries. And I just have a, I have a thing. If one of my kids are trying to sing, they should be able to sing. Hey, right. No matter how bad they sound. That's right. They ought to be able to sing. Hey, sure. You know why? That is an important outlet of your spirituality. Amen. It's an important outlet. Amen. Where's Layla? Layla's over here. Layla, stand up for a second. I don't embarrass anybody. All right, you may see it. Thank you. So I was talking to her brother uh, Salisley on the phone, and he said, Layla sang a special at the church. And so I go up to Layla and said, Layla, you didn't tell me you sang. She went home for Christmas. I said, you didn't tell me you sang. Well, she said, well, it was only, you know, a few words of a song. I said, well, that's enough for me. <laughs> so, so she's getting a special ready, right? Amen. Yeah, amen. Good. Amen. Yeah. Right. Hey, I want to tell you, you ought to, listen, if your voice is that bad, I'm not asking you to come to a special, but you ought to sing. All right? You ought to sing in your seat. You ought to just let it out. Hey, listen, there's some of you teenagers I feel bad for you, and I think it's because you're insecure about how you sound. But I want to tell you something. When you sit there during the entire song service and you don't hold a songbook and you don't try to sing, it's not good for you spiritually. I wish you'd believe me on that. Because I want to tell you something. An ingredient to the first church is they praise God, and part of praising God is singing. All right? So you ought to, you ought to praise God. Let it out. All right? And, and I'm going to tell you, uh, this congregational building acoustically is very large and so sometimes we can't hear ourselves sing as a congregation because it is a larger building. You put us in a smaller building, boy, you, you think the Spirit of God's there, okay? It's just because it's a large building. But I want to tell you something, you don't need a, a smaller, large building, you just need to sing, alright? Just need to sing, alright? doesn't matter what somebody else next to you thinks, you sing anyway, alright? Next one. Verse 47, last one, here's what he says. Verse 47, praising God and having favor with the, all the people. Last phrase, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be what? Amen. All right, now who does the saving, the church or Jesus Christ? Okay, but who's the messenger to tell them how to be saved? The church is. All right, so when he says, and the Lord added to the church such as should be saved, that means that church was witnessing. That means that church was going and telling people, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost part of the world. That means that church was going out and telling people because nobody was going to get saved unless somebody was told. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 10 when he talks about how beautiful the feet of them that go and pre uh, preach the gospel. Church, listen to me. One of the last characteristics, first characteristics, is you've got to have the Bible as the foundation of the church. But the last characteristic is the church is supposed to be an outlet of what they learn from the word of God. We're supposed to be a witness of Jesus Christ. Amen. Why are we trying to start the church in Topeka? So the church in Topeka can reach the world. Amen. Can reach the world. So witnessing is important. Now, I know this has been really difficult for some of you because it's, our soul winning times have completely changed around here. 
we can't get into the retirement home. We can't get into the nursing home. We can't get into the uh, juvenile detention center. We can't get into the jail. We can't get into the uh, Topeka Correctional Facility. This is, everything's turned upside down. And, you know, again, it's, it's probably just me, but in our town, because we're a very, we're a very liberal town, uh, and it's middle class and up, you knock on their door, they're gonna think that you're a nut case, you know, how come you're not wearing it, they'll yell at you, whatever. But it does not change the fact that we're still supposed to be a witness. Okay. Now, I know we've been going over to Topeka all these days and knocking doors over there, and there's a lot of people. Obviously, there's, there's more of a clientele there. We've been in this particular town. Church family, we're not going to stop reaching Lawrence, Kansas, okay? Amen. I want to tell you why, because this is where God placed us. That's right. All right, so the bus route's still going on in, in Lawrence. The bus routes are still going on in Topeka. But church family, you have to have an outlet that you talk. Hello, my name's Scott. This is John. We're from the Heritage Baptist Church. Just want to give you an invite. Amen. Do you get a chance to go to church anywhere? More important than going to church, knowing for sure you're going to heaven. Amen. Do you know for sure if you died today, go to heaven? Can I take a minute and just show you what the Bible says? I want to tell you something. Not everybody's going to let you show them, but the Bible says we're supposed to go and tell them. That's right. Amen. That's what we're commanded to do. Church family, if we cease to do what God commanded us to do, he can close this church down. He can do it. It's his church. He can just blow the candlestick out. He said, okay, if you're not going to do what I called you to do, I'll, I'll go find someone that will. So we've got to remember the character of the church is we've got to get the gospel to the world. And whether it's putting a door hanger on a door, whether it's knocking on a door in, in, in cold turkey presenting the gospel, whether it's starting a church, whether it's doing a radio broadcast, I don't, it doesn't matter. Somehow, some way, we've got to tell people about Jesus Christ. Amen. Church, listen to me now, and I'm done. I really believe that we're supposed to start this church in Topeka, and I believe it's going to cause some changes to our church and I just really feel like the Lord's trying to prepare us that we'll stay united but that's what God placed us here for that's right. That's right. he didn't place us in Lawrence Kansas to be us for and no more right. he placed us to reach the world Amen. and part of, part of now part of reaching the world is David and Katie Joe are going to Kenya Africa that's part of reaching the world All right. part of the reaching the world Ben's not here tonight Ben and Lindsay but they're in, they're in Arua Africa All right. or Uganda Africa right now uh, part of reaching the world, David and, uh, David and Delight, they're not here tonight, are they? David and Delight, part of reaching uh, the world uh, is uh, us supporting them as they're out of our church and in Panama. But I want to tell you something, part of us reaching the world is Topeka. And then after that, probably Kansas City. Amen. So, I, I want you to make sure, make sure you stay united. Church, I mean, if there's something that you have a question on, make sure you ask, don't just assume, ask. Alrighty? And then let's stay united. Let's stay giving. Let's stay soul winning. Let's stay praying. Let's be the characteristics of the New Testament church as Jerusalem was. And then let's let the Lord allows us, if he allows us, let's start churches just like that one. That's what he wants us to do. Church tonight, as far as an invitation, the Holy Spirit deals with you how you want. But would you continue to pray for the church at Topeka as far as all the little avenues, as far as coming together? As I find out more, I'll definitely kind of present it to you. But would you pray for the church at Topeka? Would you pray for you to make sure that you stay active for God? right with God. You might get the gospel in whatever way possible. And then the Lord dealt with you something else tonight. May the Lord do his business. Let's all pray. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed.